Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode, Stuck at Home, with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. Me, Finger Guns McGee. How's it going, everybody? Jason Smith, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm feeling a little feisty right now. Feeling a yeah, little I feisty. I can tell. I can tell. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I, you know, I, no, nothing's happened. Hmm. Um, you know, what, you know, this is actually what's happened. All right. I've been dealing with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I need to go to the doctor. I just need to go to the doctor. Maybe hmm. I don't know if it's like for a Xanax or for uh, you know. You can just come over for a Xanax. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, I need I need to do it today. I found out like, you can go online now, and you can just have a, an online doctor, and they'll give uh-huh. you prescriptions, and you just go to the prescription store. That made me feel a lot better because I've been real anxious about going to the doctor because I don't want to get sick. Like I don't want to get Xanax around to, going to go to the, to the doctor. doctor. Yeah, exactly. But I found out I could get it. That that's like it. It, it just cut a big portion of my anxiety out because I'm feeling you need the Xanax and maybe not maybe knowing that I can have Xanax was all I needed all along and yeah repair ruby slippers and uh the knowledge that I can get home whenever I needed to is all I ever you had the power the whole time I just had to believe yeah I just had to know, believe I, I, what was the what did you have to say the whole time there's no place fact? like home yeah there's no place like home right there's no place like uh class I think those are two uh prescriptions you know the fact that no one punched that guy in the face is, is, is incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, which is ironic because he didn't, it was, play, he, James Franco played him in like that, that, uh, that oh, yeah, I remember. prequel Probably. version, right? And I think, that, uh, I think that if it was James Franco in the old movie, I think they would have allowed punching of him too. There. Well, yeah, I feel like everyone did hate him in that movie. Yeah. No, he like that movie wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. It was a Sam Raimi movie, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't That's terrible. I saw it. Mila Kunis is in it. Mila Kunis, not Kunis. Mila, Mila Clueless. I, I, I always either add too many L's or not enough U's. So it's like <laughs> Mila Kunis. Yeah, yeah. It's a, we have name problems. We have problems with names. Kunis. It's my buddy. Uh, my 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 buddy's uh, Stephen Vitul's birthday today. So I don't know why, but I just felt like saying that because he's like my friend in junior high. Now he's out here in L.A. Now he's going back to Florida. He's all over the fucking place. But how, how do you, is it O'Toole? Yeah. Stephen O'Toole? No, but but tool. Uh, I don't know how to spell that. Is well, it you Stephen spell it B-A-T-U-L-E. B-A-T-U-L-E. Is it Stephen like P-H or a V? P-H. You ask a lot of questions. I want to... Oh, I want to throw up a little right. happy birthday, Stephen Batool. Oh, look at that. That was very nice. Yeah, I like There we that. go. See? There we right. go. Well, I stand uh, silly now for saying that. Happy hump day, man. Can we still uh, say that? Is that PC correct? I think, I think you're fine. Hump day? Oh, wait, I, wait I, I don't know where it is anymore. <laughs> nope, that's not oh. it. You didn't get my diabetes too sound, though. Hump day, yeah! See? We don't have to say it. Diabetes. Hump day, yeah! I also like this one. I don't know, I don't know why. Put the bunny back in the box. That's one of my favorite lines from any movie ever, is Nick Cage in Con Air with the bunny. With the, the stuff bunny that he gave for his daughter when he's telling the, the other guy. The bunny. The bunny. Back in the box. I just think it's such a badass line that only Nick Cage could use. Like, nobody else can say that and sound tough. But it I feel like Nick is. Cage pulled it off. I feel like it's the best thing Scott Rosenberg. Is it Scott Rosenberg ever wrote? Was Con Air. Con Air. I love that movie. I, 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 Fantastic. find much flaw with that movie. I, well, I no, because it. it's, it, it's ironic. It's not trying to be anything it's not. It's, right. That's what makes it perfect. It's just, it makes fun of itself. It's completely aware of what it's doing. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's, so <laughs> it's just awesome. It's so stupid and fun. I think the only thing that I didn't like was how they dealt with Buscemi's character and that girl that she was sitting next to. I don't think he should have killed her by any means. And I'm glad that they kind of let, like, but it, yes. it would have fit the character a little bit better. And yeah, that's from uh, days of Hollywood misogyny past. Yeah. But yes, that was definitely like she was a baby doll, right? Kind of girl yeah. too, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah, from what I recall. Yeah. And that's, I think we see a lot of that, these pixie doll like girls that we put, I don't, know, I don't want to digress, but yeah, other than that, I agree with you. But yeah, that's a great movie. Hump day, yeah! <laughs> Sorry. Um, Who's saying that? That's a camel from uh, the Geico commercials. That's a camel walking around the office of, uh, of a commercial. 
screaming hump day. <laughs> yeah, but by the way, it is, and I, I don't know unless days, you know, of the week start saying that they are not representing as a hump. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to have a problem with that. No, but I don't I, think so. This is what the problem is, though, Jason. Is that I think about this stuff now before I say it. Like I, before saying something as simple and funny as Hump Day, getting over the hump. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all it means. Right. But before, because it's affiliated with the idea of uh, uh, sexual touching touch ugly, humping, bumping, all that stuff. Now I think, it, do, can I say this anymore? Can this? This is where I think this censorship has to. Yeah, I got it. A little. This, is for, this is for Nancy. Hump day. That's, yeah. that's how it starts. That's the, the camel goes to everybody and goes, Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it? Guess what day it is? <laughs> that's his there. Yeah, I know. That's a great commercial. By the way, I have to say, there's been some commercials lately that have not, that I, I've enjoyed watching, like by accident, but I'm like, oh, I don't mind that. I can't tell you a commercial that I've watched. The Geico ones I like. The the, the camel one I like. I, hump day is Wednesday, right? It, well, well, isn't this I, Wednesday? I, I, I think my dad thinks it's the wrong day. Um, yeah, I mean, Rod, what day do you think it is, buddy? Yeah, what, what, what day is it in Nevada? They're, uh, they're chapel. Rod just posted, by the way, hump day is Wednesday, at least in northern Nevada. Oh, well, Rod, listen, <laughs> I, I love you, Jason's dad, but it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, dude. You just cleared up is hump day. <laughs> so thank you. Thank in you. Northern, it's all downhill from here. Yes, Jeffy. <laughs> This is this is the day. This is these are the jokes, guys. These are the, like you know when you get you go to that comedian's like these are the jokes. This is yeah. what it is. You're gonna have to this wait. This is not. This is where it's. Yeah, and I'm gonna stay on until my light goes off because I gotta get my uh, you know my tw- my ten thousand hours. By the way, um, we're 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 close to the ten thousand hours. <laughs> I'm saying on this, and and I want to just say for your dad, um, who I love, um, happy hump day. Happy hump day. Yeah, because happy hump day. you know. I, I don't want to, I, I, I don't like to tell like two dirty jokes about my family or like give away too much, but this was something he was really proud of back in the day. So okay. my dad has, uh, you know, my dad is remarried to a wonderful woman, you know, named Joy. And she is, <laughs> my dad said swear words. That's funny. I don't hear him say the F word very much, especially in lowercase. Whenever he does it, he emphasizes it. He wants you to know. Fuck. I use the swear word just now. It's never, fuck. It's always, fuck, Jace. Fuck. <laughs> I, I very much saw that. Please continue. <laughs> so, so his wife uh, and my, my stepmom, who I uh, absolutely love, and it's been my stepmom since I was 16, but been a part of my life and since I was 13 or 14, um, is wonderful. Um, but my dad, and he always loved this joke, he wanted to get a, uh, a license plate for his car that was said, Joyrider. He, he loved that joke. He just loved that joke. <laughs> Joyrider. Joe Ryder. He's like, what? What? And I was like, you're dirty, dad. But I always what thought that was the, of my dad. Well, what about the Seinfeld one, the ass man? <laughs> the ass man, yeah. Yeah, it was just ass man, right? Yeah. Well, I like, there was, <laughs> there's there was that joke, the ass man, yeah. And then there's the one on um, Arrested Development where he got therapist, but he put a space. There was a space in it, so it looked like the, the rapist. Rape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I used that joke in '99. I, I thought I made up that joke because I played the rapist on 90210. Right. Right. And I was like, I prefer therapist. <laughs> so I went the other way with the joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to one chance, Doc. Listen, this has been an interesting week already. I, I think the Emmys have have been. Um, I've gotten over my initial anger. Mm-hmm. From yesterday, um, I don't want to say anger, but it was a bitter surprise. Bitter, bitter surprise. What? Holy crap, Cliff! I watched the old nine hundred two one zero. Well, then I, uh, you, you've seen me on it. Let's see, what? Uh, three separate times. I, I was on in. Mister Spelling was my mentor, and he put me on in season one. He gave me my SAG card. No, season two. And the Halloween episode, I played Michael Chetta. And I was the guy who hit on Kelly. This is weird. I'm just going to go into this. Why not? It's no guest day. I love this. This was a weird thing because it was, okay, so it was right at this Halloween party. I was dressed up as Robin Hood, but it could have been Peter Pan. They put me in tights. Um, And I hit on her and she blows me off. Then she goes upstairs with the better looking dude. And then he like basically like tries to date rape her. Um, and this is, uh, what is this? 99, 90, no, no, no. This is 94. So Mr. Spelling was pretty, you know, ahead of what, at the time of what he wanted to 
put out there. Then Mr. Smelling ended up putting me on Seventh Heaven and a couple other things. And then he put me like just for I barely had one line in the fifth season. It was this episode. Mr. Walsh goes to Washington. And I was like, Brandon, over here. (laughs) What? Which which Um, which you is this? Oh, well, that's I was just getting to that. So but there's a whole. Should I get it? There's a whole backstory yeah, about yeah. the Spelling House and Mr. Spelling and yeah, yeah. everything and how this part came up. Should I should I tell this story? Yeah, yeah I want to hear it. I just wanted to show. I, I just this is a what are you pulling out? Here? Cliff. I, I, can you go back to this? The, this cliff look this the, the that hair? The, 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 I, the, I can right now. I have it's long. Bang. Like, yeah, those bangs. You want me to frost them again? <laughs> should I frost it? This See? is about the time, time of year that I had frosted tips, too. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I had hair. My wife says that the reason I don't have air hair anymore is because I abused the privilege. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I had the bangs. I was ahead of my. Yeah, let me tell you something. Mr. Spelling was on the phone with the producers about how my hair was going to be. They were all scared of me. All right, I'll tell you the story. And this was not like, oh, it should be scared of me. I didn't even understand what was going on. I had been on the shows. And, well, you don't know. Whoever doesn't know Aaron Spelling, I call him Mr. Spelling. Rest, rest in peace. He is. Um, one of the biggest producers in Hollywood. I mean, from Melrose, this guy, Dynasty, Dallas, it, he created nighttime soap. It, it didn't right. exist before him. Okay, Charlie's right. Angels. Uh, this was a guy, he is the largest innovator of television other than Desi Lu, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They're still remaking his shows on a, on the reg. Right. Gossip Girl is 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 the same structure. Uh, you know, right. uh, the OC is 90210. I mean, right. this is... This guy is, if you don't know him, look him up because you should know who he is if you care about this business. The Wire is actually based on his life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chuck Norris is based on Aaron Spelling's life. So, but, but what you don't, so he's one of the, if not the blockbuster acquired Spelling productions. And he's a billionaire from this, right? So he was, he had a mansion that was 50,000 square feet. It had a gift wrapping room. There were hallways in the walls. All true. I mean, this thing, wow. So, being the biggest producer, you wouldn't think that he would watch or give a shit about every guest star, but he did. Right. So he would watch every tape, every audition, and he decided, really, other more so than producers, who was being cast in these parts, even the smaller parts. Mm-hmm. So he decided on the first 90210. Again, I, I didn't know this, right? And I then I screen tested for another pilot uh, against a buddy of mine at the time. It was at this Vegas thing, and, and he got it. I didn't get it, but I was in Mr. Spelling's big office on Wilshire. And again, I was young, young, you know, like 20, 22, something like that. And I didn't get it. But then the next thing I know, I'm auditioning for Seventh Heaven and then I'm getting that, you know. And then, uh, then, so then I become friends just through life. And I'm working the clubs with his, and I know Tori now from being on 90210 and also the nightclubs. So I become friends with Randy. Spelling, and we start working on music together. And he's a really, Randy is one of the best people I know still to this day. He's just such a wonderful human being. And Randy was still, you know, he's living at home. And I, I mean, I, I would never move. Oh, wow. Ever. Right? You so can, you can live in a house like that and never see anybody. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> pictures of the house? I can, yeah, let me find Yeah, find something. I mean, we're not exaggerating this house. So, so <laughs> it's fantastic. So we go, and I'm not saying anything out of sort, like or disrespectful to anyone, and uh, who would get mad at me. So <laughs> I've been at the house now a bunch. Where there was a studio in one of the wings that were Randy's kind of wing, and uh, we were just doing a lot of music there um, all the time. So I was at the house. Uh, you know, I figured at some point I'm going to run into Mr. Spelling, but you know, the day it happens, it was very weird. And I didn't think he knows who I am, you know, from any of these shows, or of course not. And I had like a hoodie on. And I was like, and I just know one thing when I get around people that big, say one, one funny thing, get them to laugh and walk away. Yeah. That's the spelling mansion. Yeah. Hugh Hefner had envy of this house. This house is uh, yeah. So what you're looking at there is the front. Uh, no one entered there in that circle. Um, you entered in on the, um, I'm trying to on see the tennis court side? On the left All side. The- yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a driveway there, and then you see where you pull in the back, and then you would go in through that side that right there. Uh-huh. Um, I can't, you can't see where I'm pointing to, but on the left side, that pathway, yep. um, to the right, it was the kitchen entrance. 
So you'd walk in there, and I mean, this thing is like there's a gourmet kitchen, there's a private dining room, then there's the big room. And I walk in, and Mr. Spelling's there, and he's in his robe, and he's got his pipe, his signature pipe, and his great slippers. And uh, what's up, Mark? Uh, Mark popped up, said hello. So, and he walks, and I'm like, okay, I know one thing. I'm going to say something funny real fast and walk the fuck away. That's my second F-bomb, so I'm done for the day. Uh, and leave him laughing. So we get, Randy introduces me, and he goes, I know, Cliff. I was like, okay. And then there's all these dogs yapping around him, and I just, something popped in my head. I said, something funny. <laughs> he laughed. And I was like, nice to meet you, Mr. Spelling. And I shook his hand, and I was like, all right, Randy, let's go to the studio. And we walk away, and I had my hoodie up, right? So then I really had to pee. So he takes you to this bathroom, and this bathroom, I mean, the wallpaper in this bathroom is like green and yellow, but it looks like, uh, it almost looks like gold leaf. It was probably made of gold, I swear to God. It was, but it was beautiful. It was not ostentatious. I bring this up, because now we go back into the wing where the music is. This is on the other side of the house. So imagine now we're more by the pool, right? Yep. So we walk all the way through the house uh, to the pool 45 side. minutes later when you get to the pool. <laughs> right, uh, no, I'm pissing on that side now. So I, <laughs> as I'm pissing, right... <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Wayne would be jealous. Yes, exactly. I'm yeah. telling you. And now, I'm keeping it together. Did you bring a bottle? Did you bring like a bottle of Gatorade in case you couldn't make it to the other side before you had to pee? No, there are tunnels in the, in the, in the walls. <laughs> no, there really are. You think I'm kidding. There's tunnels in the walls. So, I mean, I have never told the story really except to close friends. Um, so we walk through all the way to the other side. I'm taking the piss and I'm looking in, into this wallpaper. And as I'm looking into this wallpaper, I get, I, I get vision. So I get this vision. And I said, wow, wouldn't it be great if he just decides to cast me in a show as soon as I'm out of here? I go and I kind of saw the whole thing in this vision. But I thought it was just like a little fantasy. I mean, because, you know, look at where I am. Right. If you're ever going to fantasize, do it there. So I have my hoodie up, I wash my hands, I walk out of the bathroom, literally open the door, Randy is like standing right there, he's like, dude. I'm like, what? He's like, my dad wants to see you, dude. He never does this. And you know, my heart's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, what the fuck just happened in the wallpaper? Is that magic wallpaper? Because yeah. that's, the I saw this. It's like schnozberries. <laughs> yes. I saw, that's the Smurfs, right? No, that's uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, the schnozberries. Yeah. You know what? You're good, Jason. What's a schnozberry? You're good. And by the way, stop this story if it's if it's No, no, uh, I, this is interesting. Everybody they're they're waiting. They want okay. it. Oh, great. I, I'm just I'm being um uh, a little bitch. So all right, so walking to the other side, I walk out and exactly pretty much what I saw in there is like he never does this, dude. And I was just like, I still have my hoodie up. <laughs> and we walk all the way back to the other side where he is by the kitchen area. And I, I don't know what to say. I mean, this guy's a legend and he's an idol of mine. And I, I don't know what to say. So I decide the best thing to say is nothing. Because right? I'm with one of the most important people in the entire industry of show. Right. Like in the uh, history of the industry. Not just one of the most important people right. at the time, but like one of the most influential people of all time. Yes, of all time. Yes, 100%. I mean... Wow, what a, what a goat. The goat. Right. So I decided to say nothing. And he looks at me and goes, what do you think of this? I want a guy. And it's a regular guy. It's not a guy. It's not a black guy. It's not a guy you think it is. It's a guy you would bring home to your mother. It's a regular white guy who's nice looking. And he's the rapist. He rapes Jenny. And he goes, that's why, because we want to break those stereotypes. What do you think? And I go, well, I, think it's, I think it's great. And what the fuck was I going to think? Right. And anyway, it was great. I, I couldn't even believe he was that progressively thinking. You know, at this right. point, I was like, wow, I'm learning already. And I don't know why he's pitching this to me, FYI. Right. And he goes, what do you think? I go, I think it's great. He goes, good, because I wrote it. And I go, <laughs> I go, okay. And I'm just like, I'm hanging on every word. I mean, I don't know if I can even do this justice at this point, but I am, I'm hanging on every word. And the dogs, there's, there's like five little dogs, all perfectly pedigreed with perfect grooming things, all yapping. And he's still got his pipe. I mean, honestly, I believe you Hefner ripped off Mr. Spelling, the whole vibe, everything. 
Wait, you don't want to know what's... <laughs> okay, Dylan, I don't want to know what snaps players really are. Um, wait, why don't I? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I, don't, I, I thought I got it. Now I'm like... Maybe I don't I don't. Think, now he's going to come up with something. Yeah, I know, right. He has to come up with something. Okay, so while he does that, I'll continue this because we're almost done. And he says, and you're going to play him. And it turns out he had known every, you know, guest spot I did. He'd been watching me. The next day, I am brought through the halls of spelling television. I'm meeting every casting director for the new remake of Fantasy Island at the time. And every, and then they're like, in that process, while that's happening, they're already starting to write these nine episodes. This nine episode arc from season nine to ten for this Joe Patch character. Now, he didn't care that I was on the show twice already. <laughs> you know, he's like, this is how it's going to be. And he wrote this entire thing, and then he hands it to the writers, and they, you know, put it together. But then they, he was calling up about, like, my hairdo and how I was going to look. It was everything. So the, the producers there, everybody, like Chuck and all the producers there, were, like, nervous about it. They're like, Mr. Spelling doesn't call about recurring actors' haircuts, I'm like, well, I go, it's important. It's, he's breaking a stereotype. He wants to make a sure probably I'm as white and like, you know, uh, approachable as possible when I throw her in the alley and, and rape her, <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's brutal, by the right. way. It's not a uh, and, and credit to Jenny Garth. She um, she really she refused to have a stunt woman do it. These are incredible photos, by the way. I, now that you I said know, you asked, I didn't realize. Hold on. Did you, do you not see him? Oh, okay. yeah. Here, let me zoom in on a couple of these. Yeah, Daniel Cosgrove, her boyfriend, was my lawyer, and I was suing the L.A. cops, LAPD, for, uh, you know, abuse, like, uh, you know, wrongful arrest. And I, I had migraines, I was saying, from getting hit in the head by them. So, by the way, in this arc, he's dealing with police abuse in L.A., right? And he's trying to break stereotypes of how we see criminals. I mean, this is 1998. Eight or ninety-nine. Oh, that's a shot. Yeah. That you. Know, yeah. That's a Michael Cattleman, I think. Uh, no, I don't know. It might have been Anson Williams. It might have been Potsy, who directed that. Oh, really? Jody, ask your question. We'll always get to it. So, so the, anyway, that that is how that happened. And then after that, um, I did like something on Red Dragon, but that's when I realized actually on nine hundred two one zero that um, I just was mediocre. As an actor, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I got to be better at something else in this business because I, I, if I'm going to do this and sacrifice actual money, then I have to be at least have to have the capability of being great at something, even if I don't achieve greatness. But with acting, I knew like, especially the more really good or even great actors that I've worked with now, I realize I never had that. That is a depth of great acting that is uh, very, very rare to come by. But when you see it, it's undeniable. So, okay, go. Why did she fire six times? She was highly traumatized. I mean, she was raped. She didn't even disclose to anyone but Luke, but Dylan. And uh, uh, he gave her the gun. And she was living in fear for her life. So imagine you're a woman who lives alone. You run a store by yourself. You were raped coming home at night. And now you're so strong, you don't want to tell anyone. Plus, you're scared for your life. So I think it was all post-traumatic stress. You know, and it was very purposeful. Actually, if you listen to it, Jody Beth, she fires nine or ten times. When it goes black, this is something Mr. Spelling wanted too. He wanted the click of the gun. Click, 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 click. She's still firing. She can't kill me enough. And that's why in episode uh, one and two, I think it was, of season 10, they brought me back in her like nightmares. What, rightly so. So he's trying to deal with all of this in a nine episode arc. And this is 1999. Wow. That yeah, is. So that's, yeah. That's the story. That's, that's a good story. I, and so I got a lot of them. It's really interesting. I mean, just, just think about, just to think about that, he was thinking about you for this part. Regardless, you've done a couple little things. He's got, and it, he's got spelling television, um, but like, I mean, he's pretty much television, right? That's it, you know, and and he's got yes. this in mind, and you specifically in mind for this is pretty incredible. Like, to, uh, no, this is what I'm saying. This is this guy created more stars, you know, than he did shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's like, and if you look at the amount of shows he made, I mean, he's a, uh, he really is a revolutionary in our business. And, and a lot of the stuff he was doing, I mean, imagine this, Charlie's Angels, three female leads being super cops. Yeah. Oh, but okay. 
you know, Aaron knew, excuse me, Mr. Spelling knew they had to be hot. Right. And, and by the way, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he wasn't misogynistic. He loved women. He loved men. He wanted pretty people all the time. Right. And right. if you ask him why, it's like, cause I'm so ugly. He always <laughs> thought he always like, he was so self-deprecating in a funny way. It's uh -huh. like, no, you're not. You're so silly. But he only wanted beautiful people. That was it. He loved beauty. I miss him. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. That's awesome. That's yeah. a good so story. Anyway. That was a good story. Yeah, I, and now I'm sad because I'm thinking about him and I miss uh, him. He's a great person. Uh, but uh, he helps so many people. And I bet he's got funds and, and scholarships and things set up that he still does, trust me. And Candy Spelling is one of the most philanthropic people out there. So, you know. Speaking of, did you see uh, Jeff Bezos' wife gave away like $1.8 billion? Has given away with, with, a, B? with a B since, oh, uh, since the pandemic after the divorce. So she's doing it. After everyone gave him shit? Yeah. No, no, it's, not, it, no, it's not Jeff. It's his wife. It's X. Part of the divorce settlement. He's, she's given away a 1.8 billion of her half. Really of, was, uh, it really was his better half. <laughs> yeah, really. Truly, I mean, because that's a real mensch. And uh, who, who would you cast in his life story movie? Ooh, that's great. I'll tell you the first person who pops to mind, Ben Foster. Let me look him up. I don't know who that is off the top of my head. Oh, that guy. I feel like you can put prosthetics on Ben and he can do anything. Interesting. I think Ben Foster is one of the best actors out there, by the way. Not enough love for Ben Foster. He could also play like buff Louis C.K. Um, <laughs> like yeah, if, right. if we were going to make Louis C.K. into an action hero cartoon, this is the picture that I would use as the rapper. Hold on. I'm going I'm to share this with everybody because that's ridiculous. Um, hold on. Sorry, and I, I hate to put that on somebody. It's like saying, hey, you look like Buff Hitler. Um, <laughs> Wait, but you said Buff Louis C.K. I mean, you can't compare Louis to Hitler, can you? I know. Oh, well, right. yeah, look, he is. He's like, he's like the, uh, you know, I mean? he's like the MMA version of Ed Norton. Yeah, you don't want to, like, I, what I mean, you can't, they're not in any way, but people don't necessarily want to be like, hey, you know who you remind me of right now? Yeah. You remind me of uh, <laughs> Chris D'Elia, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a guy you want to be reminded of. Yeah, you don't want to be necessarily referenced like, and same with Louis. So it's like... <laughs> I just can't get past the creepiness of art imitating life, life imitating art. And he's playing a pedo in the show. And now he's accused of these things. And again, accused, but doesn't look good. No. You know, and it's uh, it's like, uh, well, how, are you just is, is art that perceptive that it, it finds the perfect person to play that role? Because that's the person who is that person. It's like the energy yeah. of art. Is art, yeah, was art that perspective or are we drawn, do we draw ourselves to those things? Do we, do we want to dance up against it? Right? Like, That's you know, Louis wrote an entire masturbation episode of, of Louis, right? There was an entire episode about masturbation, very well. touching right across that, like talking to somebody on the phone, blah, 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 Chris and, and, and you, uh, that the movie, you not you, Cliff Dorfman. Oh no, I know what you meant. Thank God. Um, but, uh, but you know, running that thing. It's almost like people want to dance up against it in a weird sort of way. Like they, they, they're drawn to their own, like there's a catharsis and almost like I'm not admitting it, but I'm admitting it. Or I'm, I, I, I feel drawn to it maybe like, cause right. right. You know, at the same time. And also you're probably pretty believable if you not to make a light out of it. I'm saying, yeah. Like if it's if uh, creepy, you weird know. and you like little kids, you know, underage, like teenage girls, yeah, you know how to play that character a little bit better than somebody who's like, yeah. I'm, I'm smiling, but you know, ugh. it is, it is kind of crazy. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, you know, they, they, they killed that, that show he had with the other guy. I don't even want to say the name, but it's like, you know, this is serious. These are not, you know, mild allegations. You got to feel that at some point, if it's out there and it's about young girls and it's a constant, I mean, that's a scary thing, man, yeah. that that was just resonating. So anyway, let's get back to real content. Because you know I don't like talking about this hockey stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, let's not talk about the hockey stuff. So one of the things that I read today and I wanted to talk to you about because I want to understand it a little bit better. Awesome. Is AMC has reached a deal with Universal Pictures. Okay. Finally. That finally. Well, and it's a weird one. And it made me laugh when I even heard it. They basically said, okay, that we're going to, you know, basically, if anybody doesn't know, like Universal announced uh, a little while ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic, that they were going to uh, elect to skip theatrical on some of their movies and go straight to streaming because of the success of a couple of these straight to streaming movies that they've had to put out. And AMC basically said, well, we're not going to host any of your movies anymore, which 
is a pretty big thing to say. Yeah, and they might have had a little more control when they thought this movie, like <laughs> that the movies were going to be back by May. But they're yeah. like, well, if you're not going to do it, then we're not even going to put Fast and the Furious in our theaters because what if we don't need you? And right. so that, that happened. That was that was March, and now where where we are. Well, AMC has announced that um, they are willing to work with uh, uh, Universal and go 17 days. There's now a 17-day theatrical window is uh, what they have with Universal. So after three weeks, basically, two and a half weeks, the movie can go from the theater into streaming, no problem. But it used to be 90 days. And I'm just curious about that. One, I think it's hilarious right now you're announcing, considering by the time, you know, movies are back, you know, AMC will have been dark for six months and they'll take any movie you put in there. Like, we could literally, like, start streaming to all AMC theaters the way that they do, like, uh, uh, yeah, alien or something. You know, you're right. And by the way, let me just tell you, 17 days. The number, just as we're going through this in bits, it gives them exactly a two week run with the weekends from Friday till the following Sunday. Got That's it. 17 days contractually, so they have a two week run, full weekends. Got it. That's why it's so precise. Precise. Okay. Now, which is small. Go it's on. Really small because you'd think that people are going to wait. Um, you know, if they, if it's not a super interesting movie, three weeks isn't a bad way to, to have it come home. And, you know, I think that's going to keep it. Do you think, what, do you think that that's actually going to even hold? Do you think it's even going to be a 17 day window at this point? Um, once they start bringing movies back, I think, um, I think this, I think that as it stood before any of this, you know, happened as the world turned previous to COVID and everything, um, no movie made it past two weeks that didn't have serious legs. Right. right. So you had two weeks. I mean, Warrior was barely two weeks in the theater and it, it, it scraped up 22 million. And thank God it had a good word of mouth. But after they weren't giving it another week in the theater to see if it gets another uh, six hundred thousand dollars, you know, like after two weeks, if you're not. In other words, there's a formula. I don't remember it exactly offhand, but it's something like after the first week, box office drops or after the weekend, it drops 50 percent. And then and then it just depends on the gradient. Uh, the downward right. gradient. Right. And then sometimes you'll see a spike in the second weekend. And if you see the spike in the second weekend, then they'll hold it over. That's like Borat or one of those where they didn't, they didn't put, they didn't think it was going to have legs or a, like, exactly. I think you see a lot of random comedies like this. I feel like Napoleon Dynamite was one I remember where like one week run and all of a sudden it picks up or Borat was one of those ones that was like a second tier movie that picked up over the course of the weeks. Right. Well, Borat, they knew from the test screenings. Um, I was at one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, it was a, a private one for for the director, but it was, and I'm not, it's not a humble brag it's a, or a brag at all. It's, I say it because they were having these on purpose for industry people, especially mm -hmm. um, um, against the ones they were test screening, mm -hmm. right? To see, and, and the, the industry itself was a resounding, like we had, this is the best thing. Mm -hmm. Like no one's laughed this hard. So they knew what they were doing with Borat. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, but it was one of the show movies that, that their second week was bigger than their first. Oh yeah, you're absolutely because right. I think it released alongside like a, like I'm not sure what movie, but like a Star Trek remake or a, you know, or a, not a Star Wars, but it was it was released against a yes. tentpole, like and it wasn't you know it wasn't expected to win that week, and then it came in number two, and then it maybe come to number one right after that. Or I think the other thing was like those weird uh, paranormal activity movies where it's like all of a sudden these movies pick up after the second or third week. These are rare, but happen. Right. But most of the time to answer your question, this, I, I don't think it's going to be, uh, well, I think, yes, it could be less. I mean, if a movie, you know, bombs out some movies, listen, some movies are just trying to recoup on opening weekend. They already know what they're doing. They're going for the largest amount. They cut the trailers in a very specific way and they go, we get everything this opening weekend we can get. And then we go to VOD. Right. That makes sense. And then we go international, you know, and they already know that. So they go, well, if we end up with 17 million this weekend, we're good. You right. know, I like just because that's the best it's going to get. And then we're out of the theaters anyway, because it's not worth our cost. Right. So I, I, I think we're going to see. I think that's actually a very uh, meaningful amount of time. And I think it'll be less if a, if a movie doesn't stick immediately to the wall. What do you think about Albert's question here? Um, do you think there's a new market for drive-ins? Do you think that we're going to see a resurgence in the drive-ins? <sighs> I would like to, but mm -hmm. I'll tell you why I don't, um, because things will go back to normal and the sound and the quality is just not good. Yeah. Well, those yeah. radios, I, I, I haven't been to a drive-in since, you know, since I was probably 21, 22. 
Um, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you could get it through your FM dial at that point. It was off the, off the side, the side of the door, but I, it never sounded very good. Cause those FM signals were so weak. They blow out. Like they just blow out at like right. two on the dial. So I'd hope that they, that was changed, but yeah, I wonder about it. I mean, I, we think about it, you know, there's just not a lot of mo- movies we haven't seen that are at the drive-in and to justify driving all the way at, you know, an hour and a half out of town to go mm-hmm. requires a new movie, but at the same time, they're not going to put new movies at the drive until the movie theater is open. So it's kind of a catch 22 with that. And they're not yeah, playing I mean, I think, old movies. It's not like grindhouse shit's going there. Yeah. And I think some stuff is being like premiered at drive-ins and, and uh, like right now because of the state of the union, but in the long run, you know, if you can go to a cozy theater and sit inside in the nice plush chairs and everything the way it was, I think people are going to choose that if they choose to go out at all. Yeah. Well, that's, you that, know. that's a big thought to me, too. Like, it uh, seems like with these yeah. windows and stuff, not to get too, you know, just trying to think about the logistics, it's all. At, the, at a certain point, like, I'd only want to go to I, IMAX movies or really indie theaters. I don't care about the middle. Right. Like. The big movies I'd want to see in the theater that are spaced out and you wouldn't be able to have as many people in there. Or I'd want to go like to the, the, Be- the new Beverly and watch like an old movie on film. Right. Yes. I don't know that I feel the same about all the movies that are going to Netflix right now. We're going to be on Apple like streaming. Like I could wait on those because those aren't there's not they're not they're neither events nor are they cinematic masterpieces that I, I need to see that way. Right. And and so I'm concerned. I'm, I'm curious, like what happens at that point? Yeah, listen, I'm with you on this. Um, listen, like there are movies like, okay, so I can't wait for the Bill and Ted's movie. I'm going to yep. spend the 20 bucks, like, movie we won't mention the name of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the 20 bucks I spent on the that. The Staten Island of the uh, industry. Don't say it. <laughs> the Staten Island of the union. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You went there though. Um, what was I saying? You see, I get this. You're going to see Bill and Ted. You're going to pay the 20 bucks. Right. But you were talking about event films. I, I don't know how many of those there are, right? So, right. how many movies am I like? The reason I'll maybe go out to see a movie, right? Or why I used to was to go out. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. To go to the theater. But it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to so much see that movie. Yep. You know, it was like, okay, you know what? My kid and I will go see this or it's an Avengers movie or it's a Marvel, you know, or okay. I mean, the big movies, those big movies, I think they're always going to have a home in a theater because people want to see it on the IMAX in that big scope. Right. Right. Exactly. Was that the only parts of the deal? Were there any others? Not really. It didn't really bring up much other than, you know, uh, AMC is like super close to bankruptcy and they haven't had, you know, they haven't been bringing in new revenue for a long, long time. So this felt like, win, but it just also felt like a weird, like what a weird time to announce it. We we're pushing all the movies back into September already, and uh, we're talking about That's launching Tenet, which is you know arguably the last big movie that had a release date to right. international um, before it even comes out here at this point. So somebody's going to see it a long time before we do. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's really all. I was just I was just kind of curious about it because it feels like. It feels like a, um, I don't know, like one of those things where you like, it's like a face saving agreement, you know, like mm, AMC's yeah, like, I agree. AMC's like, oh, we never have it. And Universal's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't give a fuck. and then they're yeah. like, oh, well, and then, 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 then well, AMC goes, well, can you just tell everybody that we get 17 days? And they're like, yeah. okay, I'll let you have your 17 days. All right. right so they agreed to that. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. did agree to it. They agreed to it. But at the same time, uh, they're like, they're looking at their watch going like in 17 days, AMC is going to close up and, and go, you know, we're going to turn every single 24 hour fitness in AMC into an IMAX theater. You know, it's just, is that what you think they'll do? No, I, I, I really don't. I think, well, I know that Amazon's still really talking about buying up AMCs, which would be interesting, but um, you know, uh, what I, the only here, bring, though. yeah, the only reason I bring up 24 hour fitness is because I, you know, they're all closed. I went to uh, a good, yeah, they're they're done. They're done. They're now. out of business. Yeah, they're out of business. But I went to LA Fitness one time in Ventura or in, you know, up in Ventura County somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they had nice. like a, they had a uh, a room with a projector. It was like a, a theater where you could watch a movie while you like 
rode on the bike. It was dark and super air conditioned. And it was like a movie, like a, wow. like a theater where you could watch like a movie, like they were watching like a decent movie. I don't remember what it was. And you just go in there, exercise for your hour. But in this place, that's, uh-huh. I could see hybrid things like that opening for some reason. Like, yeah, I, I agree. Like dinner, like dinner theater, actual yeah. dinner theater. Like they were doing it a little at landmark, you know, landmarks um, and the, um, you know, and obviously the Texas based thing, the Austin uh, movie theater chain. What is that? I right. Yeah. Uh, no, I know what you're talking about. I just can't at all tell you the name, nor will it come to me. Sure. Just to be clear. Uh, listen, I think we're in trouble in that regard. But here's the thing. I think we what, what has been happening is we've been in trouble for a very long time as far as. Um, OK, so let me be clear as far as quality of content and, and why I say this is is very specific. They were making crap movies. Alamo drop, by the way. Thank you, Jesse. Oh, nice, Jesse. Thank you. Alamo, right? Yeah. Remember the Alamo? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgot. So I, I address this for a very specific concern. The, the, the quality of content was way down. And, and I don't think this is arguable. I mean, you know, we barely have any auteurs left, you know, whether it's Quentin or Paul Thomas Anderson or, you know, I mean, I, you, you, where are we? Sam Raimi? You know, I mean, yeah, like, Jordan Peele. Uh, there's a few people. Jordan that are Peele, fun. but you're losing more and more of that right now. So, so, so those movies are coming out maybe two or three, maybe if you had four of those a year, big ones like that, you know, that were good. Um, that was uh, special, right. right? But they were in this rut, which wasn't a bad rut because people were just like cattle go and no offense. I was one of them. Just go into these big movies. Like, we'll just keep putting out Marvel movies, superhero movies, and people will keep going. And yes, for sure. But what happened was, the cycle got broke and it's almost like, you know, you ran out of the, uh, what's that? Um, uh, what all conspiracy theorists talk about the pheromones you shoot up that make you yeah. young. What? what? No, just. no, no, no. Look it up. Look it up. But Johnny Depp, they allegedly say, you know, it's all BS, but, uh, what, what is it? It's called a, uh, they inject themselves with it. It's supposed to come from the fear of young children that are being uh, oh. murdered in satanic Johnny rituals. Oh, okay, so fear. And then they pheromone? take their adrenochrome, adrenochrome. Adrenochrome, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know come up. Oh, yeah, oh, no, you're talking about, okay, you're talking about fear and loathing. That's why you brought up Johnny Depp. I was like, okay, where I was like, Johnny Depp takes pheromones, and I was like. Oh, and, you know, Reddit thinks he does. I mean, it's ridiculous, but yeah, I, you know, I bring it up because, of course, yes, thank you, Jason, because of, uh, you know, fear and loathing in Hunter S. Thompson. That being said, um, I think, People lost their supply to the source, right? Mm-hmm. They woke up. They were like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've been taking uh, adrenochrome for the last 18 years. When did Marvel movies start? And then I'm not saying they don't want to see them. But what I am saying is that people kind of went like this. And now they're going, oh, maybe I don't need to go back to the theater again. Like, you're really going to have to tempt me. Yep. Well, that's that's what's interesting. You know, we're thinking about it. Like, are we going to go back for another set of those? It's kind of nice that Endgame was, you know, Spider-Man came out after Endgame. And I'm glad that that second Spider-Man came out. But uh, or seventh Spider-Man, depending on who you are and what you're thinking about it. But uh, uh, but, you know, having all those things end and being really excited, I'm you know, I'm still a huge comic book fan and, and, and those kind of movie fan and mm-hmm. not having them out like it hurts. It hurt for a minute, but I'm feeling OK about it now. And I'm like, all right, well, I could deal with it. I'd rather watch. I mean, I, all things being equal, I'd rather watch the boys than Black Widow. Um, I want to see this coming it, out soon, right? Yeah, it's coming out soon. Um, and Umbrella Academy, I'd rather watch than another set of, uh, you know, than a Doctor Strange. I'm really excited about um, Taika's Thor movie because I like Taika, not necessarily because I give a shit about another Thor movie. Um, yeah, but couldn't you watch Taika's Thor movie at home for yeah, 25 I bucks? I could. I mean, I, I mean, I'll put it out on. A, I have a projector at home. I'll put it out. I'll, we'll watch it outside. I, I, dra- we'll watch it. You know what I mean? Theater style. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you, but yeah, most people aren't going to do that. Right. So, uh, you know, if they can spend 30 bucks like to take your kids. Right. If, so for me to just take my kid to go to a, an Avenger movie or, a, you know, any kind of movie at a theater. For me and him, it's close to 75 bucks. At yeah, least food, right? parking. Well, if, you, and if you go to tickets. the Arclight, right. The That's Arclight, 15 to 18 dollars a ticket after the mm-hmm. service charge, which they charge you extra just to. Order it from your phone, which is the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. But it's, you know, it's almost $20 a ticket if you buy it for the nighttime show, right? And then two popcorns. Everybody gets their own popcorn. Everybody gets their own drink, you know, or whatever food. It's, yeah, it's easily 100 bucks. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you have three people, it's 100 bucks for sure. For my son and I, if it wasn't a date, if it was a date, it could easily be 100 bucks, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, 
Like, I'll get some drinks because there's alcohol there too. Yeah, me and my buddy go all the, you know, we, we used to go every week, or me and one of my buddies, and we'd all, and I'd buy, he'd buy the other time, but it was always like a, you know, the, you know, one person buy the tickets, one person would buy the food, and it would be about the same. It's like 30 bucks each to go yep. to a movie or go that's rent exactly it. Exactly right. 25 bucks, and, uh, and everybody can watch it that's at the house. It's a lot cheaper. Right, but let's say you're a mom and a dad and you got two or three kids. Yeah. Then, right. The, so 40 bucks now doesn't seem so expensive at home to watch Tiger's Door movie. Not at all. Right. That's, that's where I'm saying like people kind of went like, why do we need to go to the theaters for this? Like they woke up like, again, are you going to run to the theater if you can get it at home now? Even right. if it is Thor. Right. Well, and that's why I'm thinking only, that's why I'm thinking it's, it's specifically IMAX theaters, specifically 4D theaters, right? I don't think that there's space for the regular movie theater. I think it's either the auteur indie theater, the New Beverly of that, and or that ilk, or on the other extreme, the the, the, the either the wraparound theater. You know, I've seen these. You know, they have these new theaters that are like uh, out out of Koreatown in in, in Asia that mm-hmm. are like almost completely surround, so that, that they actually have an extended video that goes around the sides. Um, wow. And, or the, uh, the or the IMAX film, or you know IMAX event film, or you know and I've even tried those magic the um, the theaters. They have one in um, down the street from me where like the seats move as the fighting happens. That I will never do again. That hurt my back. Oh, uh, in uh, the sense around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like sense around. The, it's called. They spray the wind at you and like. Yeah. Every t- I tried to watch. Where do Deadpool. they do that? Uh, Deadpool two. They have one in Van Nuys. There's a few of them. There's one downtown at the. Um, I didn't know that. There's one downtown in that whole uh, Staples Center area of LA. That all, I would go to. There's one in Van Nuys in like a cheap little, uh, uh, like the big. They're like the the big kind of shopping centers over there. And me and and Sarah went and watched Deadpool two there, and it was kind of fun at first. But you got to like the way they choose how the how the how the chairs move is weird. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's based on the action. Sometimes it's based on the camera movement. So like the camera will slide this way, and so you're chair will kind of do that and other times it's like sword fight is like boom 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 <laughs> You're like what the hell i'm gonna vomit yeah so you could kind of turn it up and down but it was a really bizarre way to right. watch the movie and about two minutes in i'm like i don't want to watch this movie anymore this hurts too bad well, but, well, but, but i do think ahead. those are the types of things where you can um before where you can actually get into um like figuring out an out way to sell. And, and Jesse brings up another point with VR. I watch, I've watched movies in my VR headsets at home because you can get a full screen experience. You can get the whole wraparound. You can get the full sensory of it. Um, and they do try and make movies that way. It's just a very tricky movie because you can't, you know, you lose control as the, the artist. You, now you have to, you have to create places for them to look or directions, but not force them. And it's a, it's going to be a new, I think it's just a new set of paradigms. Okay, well, let me say this. I, I think it's a different art, mm-hmm. right? A VR movie. Um, that being said, I think what you have brought up here and what we've been talking about is a, is a much larger picture, and that is um, the uh, paradigm shift of change that happens in our industry every 30 years, 40 years. I mean, look at radio. So how long was radio around before we went to TV and then to films. So we had, wait, we had radio, then we had silent movies, correct? Mm -hmm. Or it was silent movies first. Radio probably first. I'm sure that they, because they were doing those speeches back in the early 1900s, the whole radio play stuff, and then probably silent movies. And then, and, 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 you know, I always think, I relate it to Annie because that's how I learned about the, the, that, that time period in the depression and the, and the idea that the going to the movie theater was big. Right. That Jason, was, will you do me a favor and get us a timeline? Please continue talking, though. I want to hear what you're saying. That was big. Yeah, it was just a big deal. Like, you, you dressed up to go to the movie theater. You know, kind of like when you first yes. when, when planes first came out. You dressed up to get on a plane. You, you wouldn't get caught dead in, like, whatever the equivalent were in the 1950s. Same with the movie theater. You wouldn't go, you wouldn't go in shorts to the movies. How dare you? How Fluffy dare boots. you? Yeah. Oh, that's it. not bully. They had a calliope player or whatever and dancers that started. I just remember the Rockettes were at, like they had to travel so much. They had to do, they had to kick before every single movie um, that in my mind, that's how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So get us a timeline because why, why I'm saying this is that we've seen these changes when talkies went, when, when silent films went to talkies, all those stars were put out to pasture. It was a huge change, right? Right. And then we saw black and white, go to color and a lot of black and white actors and people who were thriving in the industry when it was only black and white now were put out to pasture right then what we started to see 
And it was really the dawn of television. Mm-hmm. And then there was a big separation, but the business split into two fractions at that point. And for almost 30, oh, I'd say almost 45 years, there was no, there was barely any back and forth, you know, between film and TV, right? It was a very, very, you know, wasn't a thin red line. It was a thick one. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, cable came out and now content needed to be much uh, increased. And all of a sudden, TV and film, there was no more line. It was a blur. Everyone from film was doing TV, Brad Pitt's doing Saturday Night Live. And so that's the big change, right? So I don't understand why people are so um, astonished. There's going to always be these big changes. Like when we started, oh, and then the big thing was we all shot in film up until what? The late 90s or early 2000s? Everything was in film. You're shooting in Panavision, 35 millimeter, 16 millimeter, you get an Aeroflex, but that's it. You're shooting film. You're editing on um uh, uh what do you call them the 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 why can't oh, I think big of old, yeah. the big editing bay? I can't think of what the name is. I'm the Avid, not the Avid, right? Yeah, no, well, the Avid was after, but first it used to be the cut and splice. Okay, so in the edit, this is what my point is. The edit was the steam back, right? I think was the uh, was the big editing bay, and you cut. And you take and you put it in, and then we went to Avid and it was like, wait, you can do edited decision lists on a computer list, and then we can just render it in and that all these editors not like Thelma Schumacher uh, Scorsese's editor but uh, so many editors were put out to pasture right and they anyone who didn't know the new Avid was out because that's how movies are being made and then it was film and everyone was like oh no we don't want to move from film to video you know film to video you know that's gonna we, videos the smoothing it's gonna be and then everything shot in video now why because film is much more expensive it's not as practical so we move to video and then what happens the theaters move over i know i'm ranting a little here jace but the oh, theaters sure. move over to, to to video uh you know projection and now it shouldn't be any surprise to anyone that the next phase of our business is going to be theaterless yep that's all i mean that's yep. what we're looking down the barrel there's be no more cable cord cutters and no more theaters right this is what i think well and, and it'll be one of those things like we're worried about you know and i know a lot of people and rightly so, they want to, that big screen is what they're building it for. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, we're just hoping that they watch, you know, there's going to be a certain point where you just hope they watch it on their TV and not on their phone, right? Mm-hmm. That's where things are going. They're like, hey, well, at least enjoy this experience as, you know, as a yes. group. Like, and I think one of the things about VR, speaking of, like one of the things you can do in a couple of the VR programs that I have is you can go mm-hmm. and sit in a theater. Like you basically sit, select your seat mm-hmm. in a theater. And you can sit there and then other people can also join you in that theater. So you can look around to your left and right and see other people watching the show. That is so and you can cool. talk to each other if you wanted to or type. Um, so you can actually enjoy the, the, the experience. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. I can put in a VR headset mm-hmm. at my house. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't even need a ba- big setup like you have. Mm. No, you and I use- can- Sorry, go ahead. No, you could probably use the, the, the VR you have. Okay. And what, 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 what is the program you're talking about? I'll find it. It's like called big screen or something like that. It's, it's a, uh, it's very, very uh, specific to what it is and you can set it. So you can set like, I want to be in a theater and I want it to be this kind of theater. I want to sit in the front row. I want to sit in the back row. I want to sit over here and you can, walk so I, can yeah. I can go on a date so I can go, like, let's say there's a girl I want to take on a date. I yeah. can send her a VR headset. Uh-huh. And with the uh, big screen already loaded, yep. they're like, let's meet Friday night at nine o'clock. We're going to watch this movie and I can pick the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So can it be a movie that I download from Amazon, like Bill and I Ted's so. Excellent yeah, Adventure? Yeah, um, I'll have to check on that, but yeah. So it's basically, yeah. I can see her sitting next to me. Yeah. As a VR person. Right. And we can talk. Yeah. Yeah. And we know it's each other and we're talking yeah. like we're there. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's over. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> What I use it for, because I don't wow. necessarily want to talk to each other, I set it up so I have my own special bedroom, like where I could just like, and I, I have my window and I have like, Amazing. I can push a little button in my little TV for my, in my virtual house kind of sits up and I could sit on my bed, like in my VR bed, I could watch it in my VR room and I could look out my VR so you're window. you in your real bed. Yeah. But I, but, I, but I could look out and see my VR room. I could, or I can, and I could be like, oh, this is my, this is my like house, like that. I figure like Rob Lowe in, uh, in, uh, uh, Wayne's world would have like a babe layer. It's all like very clean. <laughs> I can watch it. I can turn up, I can roll over. I watch TV over here. Um, I can go, nah, I don't want to and just like lay back, turn on my up, up on my roof this TV. Um, no, it's really fun, but they, they, wow. they, 
Yeah, they so have, we're watching these movies, though, regular, right? Even right. though we have the VR headset on, we're not watching, uh, you know, let's say Bill and Ted's that I just bought on Amazon. I'm not watching it in VR. I'm watching it like I'm watching a movie with my VR headset on. Yeah, you're watching it like it's a screen in front of you. The resolution obviously isn't going to be as high because you have to, it's got to expand right. the video so you're getting some portion, but it's it's the equivalent of a, a, as big a screen as you want because it's pushing it close enough to your face in the field of view gives you the the sense of it and it works really well i watched i think the last movie i watched because i was just it was on netflix and i was i got netflix hooked up to it and it just happened to be the one was big friendly giant but you know i enjoyed the movie more because it was like in there up close and it felt felt good but you can um in other words you can connect portals like i can connect netflix to big screen or amazon to big screen etc yep absolutely i mean come on this is yeah. this is fantastic. I mean, listen, the quality is going to be what it is, depending on how good your and quality is. And, and those are all going to expand and get better, too. Like the, 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 the headset that I have is higher re- that I could watch it on now is higher resolution. It has a better field of view than the other one. You just kind of get used to the to the, the headset s- systems. But I've done it like there's there's a there was a short period of time where um, I would just watch movies that way because the TV was too loud. And um, I just want to watch a movie without bothering my wife you know, sleeping next to me, but I really wanted to watch a show and she was going to bed early. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to watch on VR. This is fantastic. I mean, okay. So here's what I think about VR movies. It's a very uh, big ask, mm-hmm. right? That's the problem. And, and then you're asking everybody to have the headsets and the contraption. So at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to see, I think it's very specialized. You know, uh, what I think would be really interesting and and something I wanted to do on a movie I was working on uh, with Sony that didn't happen um, was I wanted to, it was a fight movie though, and I wanted to do VR fight scenes that were additions. So you could watch the movie in a theater, but at home or whatever, you take it and put your VR on, you could watch the fight in VR. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. I mean, that scene in, um, what, Creed? uh, Was that Kugler who did that scene? The that second fight where it was all uh, POV. You're talking about the first, the original Creed, because Ryan didn't direct the second one. Ryan didn't do the second one? Or, no, yeah, Ryan did Almost positive. Yeah, it's the first first movie, second fight in the first movie. The fight mm-hmm. where, where it's actually a two or three rounder where it's kind of a real-time POV version of the fight. Yeah, the exhibition fight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think those are really cool ways to use it. I think in the big you know, scope of things. We're not going to see VR movies. Um, it is a long game. I don't know why you said that, Jesse, but it's definitely a long game. What was that in reference to? I don't know. Do we know? Okay. So I think it is a, uh, I think it's a big ass for a VR movie, but I, I do think that we're going to start seeing these. Uh, I didn't know about this big screen stuff, but again, you're also asking for people to have these rigs, but everyone's got a TV Yep. for now. Mm-hmm. Again, let it be said, I, I predicted the fall of, I've already predicted the fall of cable, which I was, uh, obviously right about uh but let's uh predict the fall of uh tvs yep tvs will go i mean the big screens are gonna have to i mean they're gonna get so cheap i i'm still waiting like i keep predicting the fall of the i i keep predicting the fall of just consoles in general and everything being more wireless i'm just waiting like i'm surprised that we have an xbox x and a playstation 5 i'm gonna say it this time because i said it last time this will be the last console there won't be a playstation 6 there won't be an xbox XX, or especially not an Xbox One XXX. Those won't happen. <laughs> right, because uh, cord cutting is very real, and this is a, uh, uh, it's evident, and it's not going away. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I can, uh, well, no, I, I could see that the VR stuff, I think the technology will come, it's just a matter of getting it simpler and cheaper and being able to use it without a big PC. Um, because, yeah. like, right now, I, the one that I want to run that runs at really high end is, like, I have a $4,000 computer that runs it. Right. But, but the one that I have that I can use that's disconnected, isn't necessarily the highest quality, but I can use it anywhere. It's a more fun experience. It's the one that uh, we, we've talked with uh, Sean Kittleson that he used to work out with. It's a, yeah. it's a standalone headset. When that standalone headset is as powerful as the computer, just similar to how the iPhone is so much stronger than, you know, a laptop was five years ago. Then that, that becomes a little, the barrier to entry disappears. Same with HD, like uh, Jesse's talking about how long it took HD yep. to roll out on TVs. Um, HD TVs were super expensive. Now you get a, a 4K TV for 200 bucks. I was watching, we've been watching Big Brother. CBS didn't put Big Brother into HD until 2016, right? So that means CBS had a lot of shows because that was one of their more popular ones. Um, mm-hmm. 
where, uh, uh, you know, they didn't give a shit. They, because they, they knew their audience was still on SD. The Oculus, the Oculus one she's talking right. about is one of the ones we were talking about. The, the, the cheaper yeah, Oculus is a, right. Exactly. That, it's the, the cheaper one, right? But the, 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 the mid range one, the Oculus quest that I would recommend to anybody before getting the other Oculus about four ninety nine. eventually that'll get down to 200 and that'll be the place where people will feel more comfortable buying them. Cause they won't feel like they're, it can't cost more than your phone. It can't cost more than your TV. Right. I mean, well, yeah, unless you no longer have the TV. Yeah, or unless you un- yeah, understand it. Like, there's a game right now that's worth buying no matter what. It's a new Half-Life game. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a good VR system, it's worth the, the experiment on. But you have to understand how to get into it. It's, a, it's, it's, not, it's not a $500 and $800 purchase. It's an $800 purchase plus a two or $3,000 computer purchase. So, Ooh. right? Because you have what to have is the, this for for this for uh, for uh, this is for this this new Half Life game. You have to just buy a really big computer to run the 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 headset. So it's it's not it's it's not a, a cheap so variant. Who's going to do that? Yeah, who's no. doing that in the real world? Who's yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, this guy, but I mean, no one in the real world is doing it. But I think this goes along with, and again, just to close out my thought because we're we're almost done. We're we, done. We are yeah. done. Okay, laser discs, Blu-ray, every technology. This is a this is a fluid thing that is going to change every minute. And, and really, at the end of the day, let's see what it looks like when all you have is a headset with Bose sound on your ears and everything is the same as in a theater. I don't know that we're that far off from it. Nope, I agree. All, all right, right, well, we're done, right? We're done. I mean, this has been, I love our Wednesday No Guest Day. I do too. I know, this is a lot of fun. I enjoy this. And, and uh, we have to stop now, though. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> it's time to go. Okay. Well, everybody, thank you for being here. We will be back on the next one, you know, the next day. Yeah, so stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. I'll see you on big screen, everybody. Love you. <laughs> Starbanks Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.